0: hello and welcome to the fortune and freedom podcast where nigel farage and Nikolai hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance investing and politics we hope you sit back and enjoy this episode hello and welcome to this week in review with nigel farage nigel let's start with property which is one of the biggest asset classes in the uk probably the most important for many of the people watching there's been quite a bit of news we should start with this new plan to build a hundred thousand houses, new houses, that were supposedly blocked by EU environmental regulations. Do you buy the argument and do you buy the plan?
1: To a certain extent, yes, I do. Um, We are hidebound still in lots of areas of our life by existing EU uh, directives and agreements. And these, of course, are things that the civil service love, think are wonderful, and in a very British way, always gold plate and make just so much worse than they actually needed to be. Um, but you do need to get to the root of the problem. Uh, we've said it many, many times before on this podcast, we haven't got rid of so much EU law. But a mate of mine, in Hampshire um, is trying to do a little housing development, half a dozen houses, old barn conversion type job. Um, you know, he's in the Test Valley catchment area. Uh, I mean, he's stuck with a whole load of stuff on nitrates uh, that is effectively going to put the price of each of the six apartments up by 25,000 quid. Now, You know, we all want to save the planet, but we have to find a balance that works. And somehow between EU directives and between our own ministries, um, let alone the zealotry of the sort of Carrie Johnson, Zach Goldsmith era, which we still have, um, it is holding back house building in a very, very considerable way. So I've struggled recently um, to agree with much that Michael Gober said, particularly on the rental sector, even though I would call him a friend. But I think on this, he's right. And I think on this, the government are right. And of course, the RSPB and all the publicly funded bodies all scream blue murder. Uh, but in reality, uh, this is the government saying, yeah, you know what? We need to do something. And the pressure they're getting from the big builders on this is huge. You know, these are, I mean, some of these are footsie companies. I mean, these, these are serious organisations. So, yeah, it's the right debate to be having. It really is. So is it good news for those
0: big building companies then? Do you think this is a sign of a bigger change to come in a new new
1: direction? Uh, you know, this is the fag end of this government. Let's not pretend. I mean, come on, you know, they're knackered. I mean, you know, they, they, they we, we're sort of... You know, the finishing line for the marathon's in sight, and maybe they'll just about stagger across it. Um, uh, you know, and even looking at, at, at Rishi's new cabinet appointments, it's all a chumocracy, it's all his mates... Uh, there's not a radical in there's not a radical really among them. Um, Gove, to be fair, is a radical thinker, he is actually a radical thinker. Um, but he's one of the very, very few that they're, they're basically careerists. Um, uh, they are falling behind. I mean, we've got news, it's not relevant directly, but it is relevant. You know, the number of people dying on NHS waiting lists, uh, Labor now more trusted on immigration, tax, and the NHS. You know, I mean, uh, Listen, if they were genuinely radical, they could turn this around with a year to go, year, a, a year and a bit to go. I just don't think they got it within them.
0: It uh, sounds like such a big incentive. That's disappointing. It's also worth mentioning that transactions are back to 2012 levels in the property market. And the house price acceleration downwards is uh, at its fastest pace for, for recent figures. Are you getting worried about the housing crash? You said before that you're not. Are you?
1: Look, you know, we had all those years of free money. It's free money. Is it any surprise that people took out big mortgages and 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 and, and we saw the you know extraordinary rise in property prices? Um there are a lot of people with a lot of borrowed free money now scratching their heads and worrying, and so you start to get bankruptcies and forced sales, and you see a decline in the market. And of course there are some people now being forced into negative equity where we were back in the early You know, my generation was back in the early nineties. But look, you know, with the British population increasing by a million a year, I mean, that is a hell of a buffer at the bottom of the market. We've just discussed house prices. There is a demand-supply equation here that says, you know, your four and a half million pound house in Chelsea could collapse to three and a half million, but so in what? You know, is your is your you know one hundred and twenty thousand pound terraced house on the outskirts of Birmingham? You know, is 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 the price of that going to collapse? No, it might fall ten percent. It might fall fifteen percent. It might fall twenty. But so what? No, I I I really don't think. Um, I really, I I just can't see with that demand supply equation the middle and lower ends of the housing market falling out of bed. I just can't. Yeah, the amount of transactions that actually happen at
0: these very high or very low levels is also a bit misleading that the price is driven entirely by the marginal buyer and yeah. seller in.
1: Sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this content, you can get it every single day. Just click the link in the description or go to fortuneandfreedom.com. Get a daily email from our team of experts. Thank you.
0: Uh, let's move on to, to ULEZ. Les. Um, there's uh, been a, uh, a, uh, a <laughs> reversal that, not just on, on the ULEZ idea, and not just on taxing all non-electric cars coming to London. I feel like this is a symptom of a bigger shift on and at zero more broadly, that's continuing that we've, we've talked about before. But it's getting really obvious now.
1: I am speaking to you physically from literally the furthest point from central London that is in the Ulysses zone. My postcode is Tunbridge. My phone number is Westrom. We were part of Kent County Council and 7 District Council until 1965. I and mean, then somehow, they put us into London, the GLA. In the three villages here I live in, There are more horses than people. People here support the local hunt. They go shooting. I mean, it's rural. And I have never, and it's not just here, I have never seen such public anger over this to you as I have on you, Liz. I did a GB News show for my local pub the other night. I mean, really, people are, and look, it doesn't bother me. Of course not. I've got a big salary. I've got a new car. It doesn't bother me. But, you know, the woman down the road running the the riding stables, her horse box isn't compliant. Um, Even some of the farmers' tractors, they're not compliant. Uh, My ex-landlord said it's going to cost me £12.50 to go to the doctor's, £12.50 to get a prescription, and £12.50 to go for a pint. Uh, I can't think of a more iniquitous tax. And there's a logical argument to this. Every car over three years old has to have an annual MOT. And emissions checks are part of that MOT to be allowed to drive on the road. So it's dead simple. You want to reduce inflation, uh, I'm sorry, you want to reduce emissions, then simply what you do is you set a level for an MOT standard, and any car that passes it is fine. And any car or that doesn't pass it is not fine. And it's irrelevant whether it's six years old or 30 years old. But no, this is a massive tax grab, and it's also about control. You've never seen more cameras. But what is really interesting, Nick, is the reaction to it. Now, look, you know, some say in a month it'll all be over. The the Blade Runners, as they're called, the people that are going around vandalising the cameras, they are literally organised into little tight military-style uni- units. They bloody mean it. This isn't going to stop. This is, I have not seen a civil disobedience, and I'm not encouraging it. I might understand it, but I'm not encouraging it. I've not seen anything like this since the poll tax riots of 1990. And I'm beginning to think this may mark a turning point. A turning point where people say to Khan and others, we've just had enough. It also brings into question devolution. It's all well and good saying that London, you've got a mayor, but if the people living half a mile from here in Kent, if it affects them as well, you've got to ask yourself some real questions about devolved powers and how they're operating. And this leads into... A much bigger debate around net zero. Some of the arguments I've been making in public for 15 years are now becoming mainstream arguments, such as why should we wear a hair shirt if China is belching out all this stuff and building 80 new coal-fired power stations everywhere. I'm hearing my own words coming back to me uh, now from some quite senior, um, not just political figures, but actually press figures as well, you know, editorials. I mean, the Sun newspaper thought we should all go green three years ago. They don't now. So there is a change of thinking and a realisation that wind energy we are being sold up up. Cheapest form of energy. Cheapest form of energy. What are you moaning about? I tell you what. Add up the costs of backing it up with gas. Add up the costs of the new pylons you need to build. Add up all the costs that go around wind energy And even if the subsidy levels have fallen, the real cost of wind energy just isn't sustainable. And we're beginning to see investors in the North Sea say, hang on, you know, this just doesn't work anymore. So even on wind energy in the last few weeks, and I've always hated the blooming things, but always, even with wind energy in the last few weeks, we're beginning to see, how can I put it, rational debate coming into view. So I think right across europe there is a uh, and and the uk there is a genuine rethink um, about the extent to which we're prepared to damage ourselves
0: and that's already having a financial impact the little wind turbine producers having massive write downs on their wind projects both future and current and and as i said that's really impacting their share prices quite frequently so it's already you know already showing up where it really counts in in financial markets the strangest story that i spotted this week okay. is I, I'm just going to have to read this out so I don't get it wrong. Europe is spending record amounts on Russian liquid liquefied natural gas, even as the block tightens sanctions against the Kremlin, new analysis shows. It's £4.5 billion pounds worth so far this year. Half of all of Russia's LNG stocks the Europeans are buying. Now, I don't know where to start. I'm curious where you're going to start on this, because there's so many angles, what so much hypocrisy, so many rid- ridiculous,
1: just aggravating angles. It's just driving me nuts. Jolly well done, the Germans. Marvellous. Angela Merkel, fantastic. Remember, we were told women leaders are so much better than men. Look at Angela Merkel. Yeah, brilliant. Tying herself as close as possible to Russia. Oh, and indeed to China as well. Um, So this is very much German-led, and it's why really, you know, EU support, despite the fact it's on their border, but EU support even for the war uh, in Ukraine has been... Frankly, as lukewarm um, as it's been. Um, And if you take the military side of the equation out, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, Putin must just be laughing to himself. This is hypocrisy on a level you simply cannot believe. Um, And as winter approaches, of course, it leaves them incredibly vulnerable. Now, the counter argument will be that much of the LNG they bought has gone into stock, and that countries like France and Germany now do have full, unlike us do have full stocks, Um, but there is still, if we get a long, cold winter, an extraordinary vulnerability if Putin decides to make life difficult.
0: And it could lead to to, to more inflation, sort of a re-emergence of inflation, energy price led inflation, which is what triggered things last time around as well. You can't, yeah, you literally, you can't rule it in, but you certainly can't rule it out. Let's finish, Nigel, on your Rugby World Cup predictions. It starts, I think it's next week. Um... I'm not very hopeful for Australia. I'm not very hopeful for England either. I'm running out of countries to support here. Um, What are your predictions?
1: Oh, I I, I mean, English rugby is in the most depressing state it's been for many, many years. We've been in decline since 2019. Um, uh, Well done to the women's football team for getting through to the final of the Women's World Cup. Well done to the English cricket team who would have beaten Australia had it not been for the English ghastly summer. Uh, For the Rugby World Cup, uh, my excitement level is about three out of ten. Uh, and for somebody who is a sports fanatic to say that, uh, it says, I don't think things bode very well at all, sadly. But uh, let, let's hope it's a great tournament. But yeah, don't expect much from us.
0: And don't expect us to mention it again then either. Neither. <laughs> no. Thanks very much for joining us in for Hope, thanks for watching.
1: Well, thank you for watching. and I hope you agree it's never been more important to take control of your own money, your own financial situation. We do a daily free email, a Fortune and Freedom daily email with lots of knowledge, lots of insight. It's a very useful way of protecting yourself for the future. So please click the link in the description or go to fortuneandfreedom.com and get my daily email.